steps into the spring fun drive and we do so with an eye-opening film food chains food chains is a documentary film that takes us to the hands that pick our fruits and vegetables out in the field the american farm worker then directly to where a lot of that fresh fruits and vegetables we eat really come from and the film also shows us how all that fresh fruit and produce gets from the fields to our local supermarkets, and on to our plates. And not only that, but Food Chains also documents the extreme conditions that farm laborers work in and the reasons those conditions are created, such as the supermarkets and fast food chains setting the prices of produce. And so, on tonight's show, we'll feature excerpts from the film Food Chains, The Revolution in America's Fields, also, we'll speak with the director of Food Chains, Sanjay Rawal, and discuss the film's importance and its message. And tonight, we'll be asking for your support for KPFA and the KPFA Apprenticeship Program. We are your hosts. I'm Freewell and Franklin. And I'm Vika Aronson. Don't touch that dial. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle. We're really excited about tonight's Spring Fun Drive, especially the film we're presenting tonight, Food Chains, The Revolution in America's Fields. Yes. Do you actually know where that tomato in your salad came from? Or how did it get from a seed to a plant to a grown tomato and then harvested and put on the shelf at your local store? I know that I like to learn all about that kind of stuff. And I know that a lot of you folks out there know exactly what I'm talking about. There are a ton, there's a ton of awesome work around food going on in the Bay Area already, from organic farms in Petaluma to permaculture in Santa Cruz, to worker-owned cooperatives in Berkeley, to food justice organizations like City Slicker Farms in Oakland. They're amazing. We know you all out there care about food. We know you know about food. And we want to continue that in that education by introducing you to this awesome documentary film, documentary film, Food Chains. Food Chains, the revolution in America's film, the revolution in America's fields, premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival and the Guadalajara Film Festival, and it was released nationwide in November 2015. The film's executive producers include Eva Longoria and Eric Schlosser. Later in the show, we'll hear from the director, Sanjay Rawal. We're going to take a listen to a bit of the film. And while you're listening, why don't you give us a call and make a pledge to your favorite community radio station, KPFA. And as a matter of fact, we already have a donor, um, Deborah Deborah from Santa Cruz. Um, she's proposed a match for her $240 donation. So please call in. Please match Deborah's donation. Please just donate a little bit to help out that match, okay? It can be as little as $5, as much as $240, even more than that. Deborah wants to hear from you. Frank and I want to hear from you. We want you to call. We want you to get on the phone. Call us here, 1 800 439 5732 or 510 848 
800-585-5732. If you're, if you're more of an internet kind of person, just hop on your nearest computer or smart device, go to kpfa.org, donate there, donate here, donate everywhere, donate now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to go to that clip now. And after we come back, we're going to dig deeper into the subject of food chains, the experience of the American farm worker. So let's play that clip. I still believe agriculture is the backbone of America. And when you have an industry as, as big as agriculture, you've got to pay attention to the labor force. The history of farm labor in the United States is a history of exploitation. The plantation and the ghetto were created by those who had power both to confine those who had no power and to perpetuate their powerlessness. All my life, I have been driven to overthrow a farm labor system in this nation that treats farm workers as if they were not important human beings. These people have suffered tremendously and uh, grown much more slowly economically than any other segment of our society. The appalling conditions of farm workers moved my brother to crack down on the abuses. But too little has changed over the years. Their working conditions are deplorable, but most of them are afraid to demand fair treatment because they know they'll be fired, blacklisted, or turned over to immigration officials. It is terribly important that we understand how in the year 2008, slavery, slavery can exist and how workers can be treated as badly as they are. Most people have no idea that they're connected to this system every time they buy fresh fruits and vegetables. All the fresh fruits and vegetables in supermarkets arrive there via the supply chain, an intricate system of distributors, farmers, and farm workers. Supermarkets set all the rules in the supply chain. The prices consumers pay, how farmers grow their crops, what these crops can look and taste like, and ultimately, how much money is left over to pay workers at the bottom of the supply chain. While all the workers who pick their produce live below the poverty line, these massive corporations generate a half a trillion dollars a year in the U.S. alone. I think the entire supermarket business goes out of its way so that you're not reminded of where your food came from. If a handful of companies decided that they wanted to eliminate poverty and exploitation among farm workers, it could happen very, very quickly. Pennies more on uh, purchases of fresh fruits and vegetables could eliminate this problem. Good evening. Oh, good evening. Again, that wasn't what I was supposed to say, though. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 FM KPFA. We are at the Pacifica Mothership in Berkeley here. You just heard a clip from last year's documentary film by Sanjay Rawal, Food Chains. And in that clip, you heard the voices of Cesar Chavez, who was nearly 25 days into a hunger strike, as well as Bobby Kennedy, who visited Cesar. You heard Eva Longoria, Martin Luther King Jr., Bernie Sanders, of course. Who recognized that voice? I know I did. Feeling the burn. You know I recognize that voice. <laughs> and tonight on Full Circle, tonight on Full Circle, we are offering you the documentary film Food Chains. Food Chains is a documentary that chronicles the fight for just one penny more a pound for the workers picking tomatoes in southern Florida. The Coalition of Immokalee Workers. The CIW. This group of tomato pickers are actually revolutionizing farm labor. 
Director Sanjay Rawal describes the film this way. It's a film that reveals the human cost in our food supply and the complicity of large buyers of produce like fast food and supermarkets. The film looks at how much supermarkets make every year, $4 trillion globally, and the minimal cost that this dollar-per-pound program would have on these companies. And as it is, farm workers are being kept in poverty by their wages and forced to work in subhuman conditions. Some are even enslaved, even here and now in the 21st century. We'll hear more about that later in tonight's program. Food chains, the revolution in America's film, The Fields. (laughs) (laughs) It's a revolutionary film, too. That's fair. It also teaches us about the intricate system of growers, supermarkets, and consumers, us as well as politicians, and how the system is really conspired against the farm worker. And that's how it's been in this country for centuries. Food chains can be yours for a donation of $60. That's actually one of the best deals for a DVD. And while at the same time supporting KPFA and the apprenticeship program during the fund... And at the same time, you're supporting KPFA and the apprenticeship program. Um, Give us a call if you can, 1-800-439-5732. And if you're listening online, Uncle Tony, are you out there? (laughs) You can donate securely by going to kpfa.org. Yeah, $60 sounds like a lot, but we just actually had a donation just now come in from Sunnyvale, an online pledge of over $60. So if this donor could do it, I know you can. And we are so happy. We are are really thankful for that that donation. So thank you, um, the anonymous donor from Sunnyvale. So the the next clip we're going to hear is we're going to go back to the film. The next one you're going to hear is about the, the background and the history of um, the largest chain supermarket in Florida called Publix. And um, we're going to hear a little bit more about the coalition of, of Immokalee workers as well, um, who have actually had a history of hunger striking at the foot of the Publix's headquarters, um, f- fighting for this penny a pound, penny more per pound of tomatoes that they pick. Can you believe that, Frank? It's just a penny. And what's crazy is, and more surprising, that one penny, that one single cent would double workers' salaries because they're making just over a penny a pound now. That's unbelievable. So don't forget, give us a call, 1-800-439-5732 and online um, at kpfa.org. Let's go to that next clip of Public Supermarkets. Publix was founded in 1930 by George Jenkins, a Florida entrepreneur. Like Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, Jenkins began with a single store and built a multi-billion dollar empire. Today, Publix has annual sales of almost 30 billion, and the company has become so successful in Florida that three out of four people in the state live within two miles of a Publix supermarket. When you live here in Florida, you know, Publix is pretty much the grocery store. Where shopping is a pleasure, it's not just something we say, it's in everything we do. And part of what makes shopping a pleasure is saving money. Publix has a good reputation for caring for its own customers and its employees. As nice as it is to have an extra hand, it's great to have some extra change, too. So you think that caring for the people in their supply chain wouldn't be that much of a leap? Save here. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Well, there was this pond between where the coalition was having its fast and the the headquarters, and the the employees would come out on their lunch hours and sit and kind of look over at these people. I guess they would have their lunch while they watched people fast. It's ironic in the worst way. 
Publix spends hundreds of millions of dollars billing itself as your friendly neighborhood grocery store. We're your neighbors. And yet, it won't talk with part of the community that's, that's very much their neighbors, the people who pick their tomatoes. El salario de, de, de uno como trabajador eh, varía mucho, de semana a semana. A worker's salary varies a lot from week to week. If you do well one week, you might make $300 or $400. But then the next week, you might make only $50 or $100. So you have to look at incomes based on yearly salaries, which are around $10,000 to $12,000 or $13,000 a year. Basically, they're paid per bucket picked. They take them over to a truck, throw them up to this guy on the truck who dumps the tomatoes in, and then he hands them a little chit. At the end of the day, the chits are totaled. Over the course of an average workday, workers pick, carry, and throw about 4,000 pounds of tomatoes, earning them approximately $40 a day or a little over a penny for each of those pounds. That's why the CIW is asking Publix to pay just a penny more per pound to double farm worker wages. Doing this would cost Publix about $1 million out of their $2 billion in annual profits. If Publix chose to pass on these costs, a family of four would only need to pay an extra 44 cents per year for the tomatoes. In this country, there is a poverty level, and by the end of the year, you find you do not even make it to that poverty level. You are poor because you are making others rich. I believe it is time to change that power imbalance and the irresponsibility on the corporation's side, which for years have only been interested in making money, money, money. At first, your adversary may ignore you and laugh at you, then he may fight you. I think Publix is in between ignoring and fighting us. We know that sooner or later, we will be at the table and we will come to an agreement. Welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM. We are your hosts, Vika Aronson. I'm Free Will and Franklin here. And what you're hearing are clips from the documentary film Food Chains. Yes, and in that clip, you can hear that it's a fight for just a penny more per pound. And although we ended the clip there, they went on to talk about it's not just the tomato industry, but it's chiles, peppers, fruit. And it seems to be a global struggle. Almost wherever fruit and vegetables are being harvested, there's a fight for fair pay and for fair treatment. 
And you can get this incredible DVD for a donation of $60. Again, the best, one of the best deals for a DVD during the fun drive. Just call 1-800-439-5732 or 510-848-5732. Our phone volunteers over there in the phone room are standing by very graciously. And if you're listening online, you can donate securely by, by going to kpfa.org. And um, we're just going to take a couple moments to get a couple more people on the line. And I wanted to just share with you guys um, why I feel this film is important. Yeah, please and do. And so Frank. I just put a couple notes here. Um, I feel like I don't have a real connection from where my food come from comes from. You know, I go to the store and there it is on the shelf. I grab it and I put it in my cart. And that's really my connection. Right. Or I go out to eat somewhere and I order it from the waiter or waitress and they bring it to me on a plate. But where did it actually come from? And who gently and carefully picked it from a vine or a tree? Right. You know, what did that person get paid? You know, how was that person treated? These are things that are not even in my mind, you know, I mean, they're in my mind, but how do I know, you know, how this happened? Um, I do care about the way people are treated and I do want them to be paid and treated fairly. And I want to do the right thing. And if you all know, that's the theme of our fun drive right now. And I feel like we are doing the right thing by trying to share this film, this information with you. And if you feel we are doing the right thing, you too can do the right thing and stand up and support KPFA. Give us a call, 1-800-439-5732. Or if you're like my Uncle Tony somewhere in Ohio, <laughs> I'm still waiting for it to come in. You could donate securely online by going to kpfa.org. Yeah, this is a really relevant film. It's a really important film. And I, it was it was around last year, and I caught it in theaters. And I want to make it my own. I know I want to bring it home. And I'm sure there are many of you out there who feel the same way. Um, you want to own this film. You want to be able to watch it whenever you can and share it with everybody who you want to share this really important message with. Um, just, just so you guys know, the New York Times commented on this film, and they commented on the fair food program. They said... This is the best workplace monitoring program in the U.S. President Jimmy Carter had something to say about the Fair Food program, too. He said, my hope is that this film, uh, rather, sorry, my hope is that this will become a model for social responsibility within the agriculture industry. So this is a really important topic, and we really need to be informing others about it and informing ourselves. So make sure you, you take this opportunity, seize the moment, and call KPFA, support your community radio station get this film get it into your hands share it with everyone give us a call donate online we'd love to hear from you and we're going to get ready to move on to our interview with the director Sanjay Rawal and if you um, can give us a call in the uh, next second or two um, 1-800-439-5732 or online at kpfa.org give us a call Donate $60, get the film, Food Chains, a Revolution in America's Fields. So the director of the film is Sanjay Rawal, as we said before. He got his start in documentary films as a consultant for the hit documentary, Pray the Devil Back to Hell. He did his first short documentary, Ocean Monk, in 2010, which took the best short documentary prize online, at the 2012 St. Louis Film Festival. And Sanjay did it again in 2011 with another award-winning film, Challenging Impossibility. 
Well, last September, Group 40 apprentice Ron Thompson, along with graduate apprentice Sarah Blanco, had the chance to speak with Sanjay about this latest film, Food Chains, and the hopes he has for the film. And we're speaking now. And we're speaking now here on Full Circle with Sanjay Rawal. Welcome, Sanjay. Thank you so much for having me. You know, there's a, a really great team behind the film. As executive producers, we have Eva Longoria and also Eric Schlosser. So Eva Longoria being an actress, a civil rights activist, and then Eric Schlosser being the author of Fast Food Nation. And then the great voice of actor Forrest Whitaker as narrator. And of course, yourself, Sanjay Rawal, director. And there's also many others. Tell our listeners how Food Chains came to be and what you believe or hope people will take away from it or respond to it. You know, I grew up in the East Bay. My dad worked for Del Monte. I spent many of my summers in the Central Valley on farms with my dad. When I was about 21, I moved from California to New York City. And it kind of coincided with the small farm, uh, farm-to-table food revolution. And, you know, we'd begin seeing tons and tons of great high-quality food. But in all the conversations about farm-to-table, about organic, about fair trade, I didn't really hear that much about the actual workers Mm -hmm. who work on our farms. And that led to the development of food chains. Throughout food chains, there's a theme, a hunger strike outside the headquarters of Publix. Now, that being said, Publix is the largest, most powerful supermarket in Florida. And then there's the tomato laborers from the Coalition of Immokalee Workers who are asking something what sounds pretty simple, not pricey, one penny more per pound. Do us a favor and tell our listeners about one penny more per pound and also about how Publix has refused to even meet with the workers, the people who we already hardly hear anything about. Food change is a classic David versus Goliath story. In this case, the Davids are the farm workers, the coalition of Immokalee workers, tomato pickers from Florida, and the Goliaths are, are pretty much not known to most consumers as being as big, bad, or powerful. The Goliaths in, in this movie are the supermarket industry. Publix is a regional chain in Florida. But it's about the same size as Safeway. It's about half the size or a third of the size of Kroger. Publix does about $30 billion in gross revenue, which frankly is about the same amount of gross revenue that Google does globally. And Publix does that just in the southeast of the United States. They're tomato pickers. They're asking Publix to pay just one penny more for each pound of tomatoes they buy from Florida farmers. And that penny would be passed directly on to workers. And what that penny does is pretty astounding. Tomato workers working for farms that aren't part of this penny per pound program, they earn about 1.2 cents for every pound of tomatoes that they pick. So public paying an extra penny per pound would double the wages of workers. And it's, it's not just um, inequality in the tomato industry that they're fighting for. You see this with farm workers all across the nation, including in California. Farm workers are paid pennies on the dollar, cents on the dollar that we pay for a particular produce item in a supermarket. The majority of of the proceeds and the profits, the vast majority, go to these gigantic supermarkets like Safeway, like Publix. Publix was founded in the mid-30s in Polk County, adjacent to Lake County, in an area that's incredibly powerful in terms of clan influence. 
I'm not saying that the, the founder of Publix was a Klan member, but you could not operate in Central Florida without being friends of the Klan. The governor of Florida up until the mid-50s was an avowed Klan member. The Publix comes from a place where they, they, they viewed African-Americans uh, in those days who, who were predominantly farm workers. They viewed farm workers as subhuman. Thankfully, in the last 20 years, their attitude towards African-Americans and other minorities has changed. But their economic attitude towards the poorest of the poor, the farm workers, that number in the, in the tens of thousands, if not close to 100,000 in Florida, that hasn't changed at all. That's the only explanation. Since the time the CIW has been protesting against Publix, the largest, most uh, Main Street unfriendly company, so to speak, Walmart, has even committed to protecting the wages and rights of farm workers. And Publix hasn't. I really don't have any other explanation, as hard as it is to say that. We know that Walmart uh, recently joined the Fair Food Program. Now, that's due to the CIW's, you know, the Coalition of Immokalee Workers' uh, really hard work. Tell us about others and what you feel is needed to make this program work and what else might be needed in general. There are two horrific problems that farm workers face in the field. Number one, they're paid sub-poverty wages and they face horrific exploitation. The CIW's Fair Food Program asks large buyers of tomatoes, uh, the supermarket and fast food industry, to pay a penny per pound, but also to refuse to buy from farms that have violated the human rights of workers. And so we've seen the CIW manage to convince 13 of the largest tomato buyers on this planet to opt into this program, Walmart being one of the more recent ones. And the effect that this has on workers is it, it can't really be measured. It changes the lives of workers. The guarantees that you or I or most uh, Americans that, that work um, in offices or for businesses have is something that farm workers have been struggling for since, you know, time immemorial in this country. The, the wage and human rights protections that are offered to every other worker in America aren't actually offered by law to farm workers. So the, the CIW's battle is really one of all farm workers all across the country that are looking to consumers to put pressure on these gigantic corporations that have ended up owning or controlling our entire fresh produce, fresh vegetable, and fresh fruit industry. Sanjay. In the opening scenes of uh, Food Chains, there's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. that says, The plantations and the ghettos were created by those who had power, both to confine those that had no power and to perpetuate their powerlessness. What do you think is the reason that on this day we are still not treating the workers in the fields fairly? That's a, that's a great question, and I, I think it speaks to the heart of the, the genesis of our country. Um, you know, our, our country was not based on equality of race. And we, we see now, particularly with the, with the presidential debate, that once again, immigration is the hot topic. And people look at the farm worker problem as an immigration issue. But it's not. You know, every single group of farm workers since the 1700s have been non-majority, except for a small period after the Dust Bowl. Farm workers have always been, in the beginning of our nation, slaves, African slaves. At the end of the 1800s, California's farm industry was generated through the labor 
of Native Americans through Chinese through Japanese. In the Southeast, we saw large groups of Haitians and Jamaicans move in. And after NAFTA, the, the population of farm workers went from majority non-Latino to majority Latino. In California, of course, it's been majority Latino since the, since the 20s. But really, up until the late 90s, the vast majority of farm workers in this country were legally documented. But the exploitation that exists now, the modern-day slavery, the sexual harassment, the poverty wages, those have always existed in the sector of farm labor. So immigration is not the issue. Poverty and exploitation is the issue. And unless we address those issues in our food chain, we're, we're never really going to get to the heart of the matter. And welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. You just heard the voice of Sanjay Rawal, director of tonight's feature film, Food Chains, speaking with graduate apprentice Sarah Blanco and current apprentice Ron Thompson. And we just wanted to pause the interview for just a moment to remind those out there listening that we are in the midst of our spring fund drive. And we're asking for your support tonight, your support of Full Circle, your support of the apprenticeship program, your support of KPFA. You know, the theme of this fund drive tonight is do the right thing. And that's what we're trying to do tonight by sharing this film, Food Chains, with you. And if you feel we are representing well the do your right thing motto, you too can stand up and join us and donate to KPFA, get the film Food Chains, share it with your family and friends so we can do the right thing together. And just a quick update, we're halfway to our pledge, so you can really help us out by calling uh, the number one 800 439-5732. We had a m- pledge match from Deborah from Santa Cruz of $240. So that's what Frank's talking about. And we really hope we can make our match even exceed our match. How awesome would that be? We- that would make us feel so great. So um, we're just going to give out the numbers one more time and then go to part two of our interview with Sanjay Rawal, director of Food Chains. Yeah, thank you to Antonia from Tracy for helping us out on our match. Um, the number is one 800 Four three nine five seven three two. That's one eight hundred. Hey KPFA. And if you're listening online, Uncle Tony, I know you're out there. <laughs> I'm watching from Ohio. Um, you could donate securely online by going to kpfa.org. Now let's get back to the interview. This is Ron Thompson and Sarah Blanco speaking with Sanjay Rawal. Sanjay, there's a lot of topics covered in food chains. Cesar Chavez, as you spoke of, and his hunger strike. The CIW and their fight for a penny more pound. The Napa Valley and the grape workers. And also, as folks will hear shortly, as you already mentioned in our next clip, we'll talk about the abuse and the sexual harassment in the fields. Now, how important was that to you as the director to have the voices of the workers heard loud and clear? That, that's a, again, that's a great question. You know, as, as a consumer, I didn't really have any contact with the people that actually brought my food to me, uh, with the workers in meatpacking plants, with workers in, in dairies, with workers in fields. At the same time, in the U.S., we've never really seen the conditions of exploited people change without the empowerment of those people themselves. Change has never happened from the top. It's always happened from the bottom. And the CIW, against all odds, in one of the most, I guess, business-friendly and human-unfriendly states in the Union, Florida, um, have, have managed to change the situation of workers in the fields from really from, from darkness to light. 
Their fair food program was honored by President Clinton last year at the Clinton Global Initiative. Secretary John Kerry gave them an award for their work combating human trafficking through the fair food program. And I saw that this extraordinarily powerful solution, as the solutions of the UFW and other farm worker groups, those, those have come from the workers themselves. So I, I personally, as a consumer, felt it was critical to the process of education for workers to speak for themselves. I want to ask you something off topic, yet directly on topic, about organic farms um, and, you know, just other spaces and where we may believe that farm workers are, are treated differently. Do you know about wages in, let's say, organic farms, places that are you know, sort of more of the local mom-and-pop farms? Are you familiar with any of the practices with regards to workers there? Fabulous question. Unfortunately, the word organic doesn't guarantee specific conditions or wages That's for right. farm workers. It's, it's true that farmers who farm organically are generally more conscious, but it's impossible for a consumer to say by looking at a label, an organic labeled fruit, that the farm workers were treated better. The closer you can get to the source, like farmers markets, for example, the more information you can get. Um, at farmers markets, of course, we can ask the farmers, you know, how they treat their workers, how they pay their workers. And the interesting thing is that many farmers in the farmers market or organic space don't really have an option of paying workers better. They're still in the same system where consumers pay, you know, probably less for food than we should. At the same time, if they see that there's a market for fair labor goods, if they see that people are willing to pay a penny or two more per pound, I'm sure the farmers that are doing the right thing would appreciate that and would advertise the, the good work that they're doing. There, there, is, there are a number of examples. There's a, a farm in, in Pescadero called Swantonberry Farm, uh, near Davenport, actually, uh, run by a man named Jim Cochran, who was one of the first farmers to grow organic strawberries, really, in, in the entire country. And his farm is, is a hallmark for fair labor standards. And I think if consumers do their research, if they begin asking their grocers questions about farms, if they begin asking their farmers, market farmers, questions about the farms, the good work that's being done will rise to the top. Okay. Um, before we go, you have just been fabulous. We could keep you here forever. We know that you've been traveling jet-lagged, and you've made, your, made it a point to be here. Thank you. Well, I, I'm grateful. Really, I mean, you guys are doing such incredible work. It's, it's an honor for me to, to even be a, a part of your program in, in a small way. Sanjay, director of Food Chains. This is a fundraiser this week, and uh, KPFA is the original, the oldest, the first listener-supported community radio station in the country. Why, in your words, is it important for people to support community radio? I grew up in the East Bay, and I, I went to, to university at, at Berkeley. I mean, I grew up listening to KPFA. As a documentary filmmaker, kind of in, in the independent, non-corporate media space, I, I, I see that so many stories of, of urgent importance to Americans are being watered down by the mainstream press. And it, it's really critical to maintaining our freedom, to advancing democracy, that independent voices that really seek the truth, like KPFA, are allowed to operate on their own terms and, and to flourish and to serve the community selflessly and, and deeply. I, I think w without institutions like yours, you know, our, our country would be poorer and life would be less rich. I agree. I agree. 
There's a big, big footprint made by KPFA. You're right. So tell me, is there anything else before we let you go that you would like for the listeners and your future viewers of Food Chain to know? Systems can change. It, it seems like the grocery world and, and the food world holds so much more power um, over us, you know, than, than we can fight as individuals. Um, and truth be told, our decisions as consumers on an individual basis don't really have that much power. The thing that's going to change this system is organizing. It's looking at the, the, the groups that have been fighting the good fight, that have been mobilizing hundreds of thousands of people for fair wages for farm workers, for fair wages for fast food workers, for fair wages for workers in the food chain and other industries, and joining them and supporting them and letting them know that our voice joined with others can actually be more powerful than the voices of the, the, the moneyed elite at the top of these corporations. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Santi. Success can happen. Thank you very much. We've been talking with director of Food Chains, the film, Sanjay Rawal. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you guys so much. Welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA. Tonight you've been hearing excerpts from the documentary food the documentary film Food Chains um, that and um, we we just heard the end of a an interview with Sanjay Rawal and I just want to thank our um, donors and our pledgers that we have and we have some awesome news which is that we met our match we made our match of $240 hooray and we exceeded it we are actually over $600 right now in pledges Ooh, thank, um, you. thank you so much we have a bunch of donors um, online from online um, Sunnyvale Antioch Mont- Manteca and even Tempe Arizona how thank cool you, is Mante- that thank you Manteca I know who you are <laughs> thanks all of you guys um, I'm sure a lot of you have uh, gotten the gift of food chains and we thank you so much for that and I'm sure that you are you guys are really excited to get those in the mail we also want to thank Marilyn Garrett from Redwood or rather from Aptos thank you so much Marilyn and we're doing so great they offered us another match and from Felton has offered us uh, another $240 match so if you can keep the phones ringing 1-800-439-5732 that's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Um, call and get the film Food Chains, a revolution in America's fields. If you want to just donate $5 a month, um, I believe that's what $60 breaks down to. Let me see the list. $60, $5 a month, and the film can be yours, Food Chains. 1-800-439-5732. Give us a call or click on kpfa.org and make a donation. Yeah, we'd really love to hear from you. We'd love to make our second match of the evening from Ann Felton. That would be awesome. So as we've been talking about um, this idea of food chains, um, I just want to say a little something about it. The the fields of our country have an ugly, long history. And despite the richness of the food and the beauty of the people who work the land, we've had slavery, we've seen the genocide of Native Americans, the varying waves of immigrants from a variety of cultures, Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, Mexicanos. It has touched 
very many of us, so many of us around the world. These people were brought here to work, and because of political strategy and white supremacy, these people were kicked out of our country, deported in waves um, over the course of history, and then, of course, brought back because we need people to work our farms. We need labor. Um, and that's the unfortunate history of um of that issue. And so tonight we're here gathering together um, to honor the farm worker. And we want us to, we want you to join us as we honor the farm worker tonight. And you can do that by calling and getting a copy of this revolutionary, revolutionary film, Food Chains, The Revolution in America's Fields. Um, see how your food gets grown, how it gets picked and harvested and then brought to you, basically served up to you at the supermarket. The number to call, 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And if you're a big online listener, Uncle Tony, (laughs) (laughs) you can uh, donate securely by clicking and donating at kpfa.org. This film is super cool. It features Dolores Huerta, Cesar Chavez, Eve Ensler, Eva Longoria, KPFA's own David Bacon, and it's narrated by Forrest Whitaker. It's a star-studded cast in a documentary film, if you can believe it. And again, a big thank you to all those who've called. Thank you to the big online support. We appreciate it. If you're out there listening, go to kpfa.org and click for your support. In this next clip, we'll hear about some of the abuses we've touched on earlier in the interview with Sanjay. Migrant farm workers have very little protection from abuse and harassment. It's important to hear the voice of these victims. We must know their stories so we can empathize with them and join in in on their fight for change. When people have been in poverty, they don't feel as able to voice their resistance to things because they've already been beaten down in a class system which has disabled their voice. Farm workers who complain face the very real threat of being fired and slipping further below the poverty line. Because this industry doesn't effectively police itself, government oversight is essential, but is sorely lacking. Florida has only 14 labor inspectors, for example, to monitor over 40,000 farms. It is an impossible task to take care of every, every instance of abuse that goes on in the fields. It's like you have all the crime that you always have in New York City and you have two or three cops in the entire beat. They're not gonna be able to do anything. Oh, that's what it is in the fields today. It's like a New York City crime spree without any cops. Only a fourth of the workforce in agriculture is women. Usually the, the farm owners, the supervisors, the managers, they're all male. Las mujeres están expuestas, no nada más a women are exposed to harassment, not only from the employers, but also from their own co-workers. For many years, abusers have not been punished because women have been afraid to report the crimes. Sexual harassment is a problem for women everywhere. 25% of American women report experiencing sexual harassment in the workplace. In the isolated environments of the fields, however, this figure is believed to be closer 
to 80%. Look, it's, it's, it's insane that anyone's experiencing sexual harassment, but to look at those numbers is an indication of what happens when we have women who are poor. They have children and families to feed. And so they can be easily um, harassed because they need the income. For a woman in the field to be able to voice what's happened to her is crucial. But then to see repercussions and to see somebody being held accountable for that and to see justice. We need systems that are more efficient and that get to justice in a quicker, more immediate way. In the last five years, there has been interest from select U.S. senators in investigating the physical and economic exploitation of farm workers. But there's been no legislative action as of yet. An informal hearing was held in 2008 to give farm workers a voice in exposing the worst human rights violations, like modern-day slavery. Today, we are a very long way away from Immokalee, Florida. Thankfully, due to the dedication and hard work of a number of people, including the coalition of Immokalee workers, the conditions that exist in the Florida tomato fields have begun to come to light. I'm very pleased that Lucas Benitez, a co-founder of the coalition, could be with us today to shed even more light on the subject. Good morning. It's an honor to be here testifying in front of this committee in an establishment as esteemed as the U.S. Senate. I thank you for this opportunity. But the reason I am here is very troubling. The sad fact is there is slavery in the U.S. fields in the 21st century. Others will speak in more detail about modern-day slavery, but I assure you that the seven cases discovered in Florida's fields are just the tip of the iceberg. Between 1997 and 2010, more than 1,200 farm workers were freed from slavery in southern Florida. Some of the workers were U.S. citizens. And in 2007, a slavery ring was discovered in Immokalee. In the last slavery case, it happened right here, only nine blocks away from the main parking lot, but nobody knew. Two brothers, Cesar and Giovanni Navarrete, ran a slavery operation, luring poor farm workers with the promise of food, housing, and jobs. Unbeknownst to the workers, the Navarretes were charging an exorbitant amount for room and board. Over several months, the workers accumulated large, false debts and threatened to leave. In retaliation, the Navarrete brothers beat them and kept them confined at night to the back of a U-Haul truck. After a year of slavery, one worker noticed a small hole had formed in the roof of the U-Haul. He managed to push through and escape. One of them decided, either I look for my freedom or I die here, so he got the courage to escape and find help. Senator Sanders and I happened to be in Immokalee, Florida, this January, when the U.S. Department of Justice released its indictment in the latest slavery case there. 
Here are some details from that case. The defendants have been accused of threatening, slapping, and kicking farm workers, chaining them to a pole, beating them, locking them inside U-Haul trailers, keeping them in debt, and forcing them to work for free. The indictments read like something you might see in the year 1868, not the year 2008. These abuses are un-American, they are unacceptable, and they must stop. Thank you. Law establishes that slavery is a crime. Law establishes that sexual harassment is a crime. But we still see all of these things happen. Why? It's not a question of how beautiful it sounds in the books. It is a question of how effective the enforcement mechanisms are. All right, welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA, the one and only KPFA. And tonight you have been hearing excerpts from the documentary film Food Chains. And in that last clip, we heard the troubling reality of abuse and even slavery, yes, slavery, in the 21st century here in the fields of the United States. A couple of familiar voices in that clip were then-Senator, now-presidential hopeful Bernie Sanders, also Eve Ensler, and we heard the conditions that um, you you would have heard something like that in 1888 maybe, but that's happening in 2008 when the Senate hearing was, help, was held. Um, so... So we're really happy to say that um, for our fund drive, because we're in fund drive right now, we're really happy to say that we got some more donations in. Um, While that last clip was playing, we heard from Christina in Santa Cruz and Larry also in Santa Cruz. And who else here? Micah from Oakland. Um, They all pledged, and we were so happy to hear from them. Thank you guys for donating. We would love to hear those phones keep ringing, so keep calling in. The number to call is 1-800-439-5732 or 1-800-439, or rather 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Or you can always donate online at kpfa.org. You can donate $60 or more to get yourself that thank you gift of this amazing film that you've been hearing from Food Chains. Please call us. Please click online. The number 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And if you do want to make a $60 pledge but can't afford it all right at this time, you can donate $5 a month and still receive the documentary film Food Chains. 1-800-439-5732 or click online at KPFA and um, do the right thing. That's what we're trying to do. That's the motto of the fund drive. If we're representing and doing the right thing, um, please do the right thing as well and give us a call. 1-800-439-5732. We really got this cool clip from Napa we're trying to play. We really want to. Give us a call, 1-800-439-5732. Yeah, we've got people in the engineering room getting that ready for you. It's a really awesome little part of the film that I think will be relevant to a lot of our listeners, and we're hoping to get that in. So, um, But while we're talking about that um, and waiting for... Oh, here it goes. Okay, <laughs> not so fast. Um, so, yeah, I'm just waiting for a cue. Uh, let me know if you guys are ready in there. Um, 
And, uh, okay, it looks like they're ready. Awesome. And while we're playing this clip, please do give us a call or click online. Take a listen. 1980s, the governor of California made it more difficult for farm workers to organize, crippling the UFW. Wages fell, and working conditions got worse. Even in the state's wealthiest agricultural region, Napa Valley. Without an organization to defend basic rights, farm workers are vulnerable to exploitation, whether they're part of a supply chain that delivers goods to a supermarket or one that produces luxury items like wine. Napa County is Eden. There's no other place on the planet where all of the variables that you need to produce consistently like the most excellent wine, they don't exist consistently anywhere else in the world. It's the ideal location to grow every type of grape varietal. We are America's premier wine growing region. We're second to none in the world. I used to say to my staff that we're basically fancy farmers. I love tomatoes, I love strawberries, but I think wine's a little fancier. The wine industry can be a good financial proposition for a wine grower. It is the number one valued finished agricultural product in the state of California. When you go buy a bottle of wine for $40, $150, $200 a bottle, the cost of labor that brings you that bottle of wine is about 25 cents. The landscape may be beautiful in Napa and along coastal Florida. But often the beauty of the landscape disguises this incredible poverty that's right there. I've seen the evolution of Napa Valley firsthand. What brought me to the Napa Valley is my father. He became president of the United Farm Workers Union in Napa Valley. It was a very different scene then than it is now. Today, we have two cultures that coexist parallel of each other, but rarely is there a bridge. There's still sort of that sense of, um, you know, them and us. Napa Valley, the weather, the, uh, uh, all of these amazing wines and the great food, it has been the demise of affordable housing because everyone wants to live in Napa Valley. We have out of 65, fewer than five employees who live in the valley. They have to commute in from long distances. There are more millionaires in Napa than people who are unemployed. In the inflated real estate market, it's always hard to find affordable housing. But during harvest season, when the number of farm workers in Napa doubles, it's almost impossible. Housing has been the number one social issue in the county. 
more people came to our front door looking for housing than they did for spiritual solace. Thanks for listening to that, you guys. You're listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM. And unfortunately, that brings us to the end of tonight's show. We want to thank all of our amazing donors. Thank you guys so much. We actually made our second match. So thank you guys so much for that. Tune in next week to Full Circle for another chance to donate to your local community radio station and get another awesome and different thank you gift. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Freewillin' Frank Sterling. Mm -hmm. Joy Moore is our production consultant. And um, you still have a chance. Please, if you, um, we had to cut that clip off. But what they were really talking about was how the farm workers are can't even afford to live in the Napa Valley. We just had to cut it short where they spoke to the farm workers living by the river in tents while they work at the picking the grapes for you and I to drink if you drink fancy wine. So you can still snag that thank you gift by calling 510-848 or sorry, uh, 1-800-439-5732 or 1-800-HEY-KPFA or of course online. We've been your host tonight. I'm Vika Aronson. I'm Free Will and Franklin. Give us a call one last time. 1-800-439-5732. We got about one minute left. Get a copy of the film Food Chains. Um, the revolution in America's fields. Find out where that food's coming from. How does that food get to your table? This is a very important film to understand the food chain and the way we get to just go to the store and shop. Somebody has to grow that food, pick that food, carry that food literally on their back to a truck and get it to the store for you to consume. 1-800-439-5732. And I see Chooch getting ready in there. La Onda Bajita's <laughs> coming up. And um, support them if you can. Uh, thanks, Vika, for doing the show with me. And thank you all for calling in thanks, and donating Frank. tonight. Zakia GE Kpart has been our engineer. Thank you much. You, thank you so much. You've been an awesome engineer for us tonight. Five seconds left to get food chains. Give us a call. Thank 1-800-439-5732. you so much. 1-800-439-5732. And a quick shout out to my mom, my dad, and my grandma, all who donated tonight. Thank you all. 1-800-439-5732. We'll leave it there. Thanks, Zakia. See you all next time. Thank you.